Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. I got a six-year-old in my calculus class in college. It's going to take my job. What is this nonsense? Comic Sans? Butler had never seen this film, and I got the indication that he hated it. She's like, you pussy, get back in the game. He rebels against maturity by taking a job at a movie theater. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's me. At a video store. Well, this is now owned by Disney, so you're going to see a remake <laughs> at some point. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of over 175 episodes for your listening pleasure. Hey, how you doing? This has hints of strawberry and blueberry. It's a seltzer. Oh, no, sorry. This is a crack one open. How you doing? Doing okay. How are you? How are you? Doing well as we record this. We just announced our ending. We kind of already talked about it earlier in other episodes. That's but right. We've been recording episodes for weeks knowing that it was ending. Yes. We, it, it took us a while to kind of start the episodes up because Bella would be crying consistently. So It was tough. It was tough to know that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But who cares about that? Let's talk about a movie. Uh, and we are talking about what movie this week, Butler? We are talking about State of Grace. State of Grace. Go the, on. The, oh, the one oh, with oh, uh, oh, oh. Sean Penn. Because apparently there's a couple of State of Graces. There is, and this story has been redone over and over again um, in various formats. It's kind of a very similar, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Plot? Not plot, but like similar story. Story arc kind of thing. Yes. Into this, yeah, okay. Gone for a decade, Terry Noonan is welcomed back into the fold in his Irish-American neighborhood in New York City. Hell's Kitchen, basically. A one-time street tough, Terry is not street. One-time street tough. Terry is now an undercover officer targeting crime boss Frank Flannery, Frankie Flannery, excuse me. In the name of duty, Terry rekindles his doormat friendship with Frankie's younger brother, Jackie. But as Terry gets closer to his goal, his feelings for the youngest Flannery, his old his old flame, Kathleen, complicate his mission. Eh, whatever. (laughs) I'm not really in love with that uh, synopsis, but it does kind of give it. Yeah. So State of Grace has a runtime of 134 minutes. Rated R, production budget of $18 million, came out uh, on Friday, September 14th, 1990. That was a limited release date. So it was only in 14 theaters. Um, didn't really have a, it didn't really get much bigger than that. So, because usually sometimes I'll do the wide release date if there was a limited, if the wide release was like a ton of theaters, yeah. but a ton of screens, but this was not. So it's opening week and it only did $180,000 domestic. 1.9 million and there's no international. So worldwide was also 1.9 million. So uh, obviously not a bit, not a hit. And we'll get to one of the big reasons why we get to other movies came out that year, uh, mm. that around that time. Production company was Cinehas, Orion Pictures and the rank organization. And it was distributed by Orion. Does, I wonder, I wonder if people remember Orion. <laughs> I think Orion is coming back. Is it? Yeah. I think it's back doing some stuff. Well, I don't know if it's back or they just bought the name and the logo. But. I mean, I always remember the, the logo and all that stuff. And oh, the star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A ton of movies from the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll always remember that as the beginning of Robocop. Robocop oh. is like probably their biggest there you go. pop culture hit at least. Right. So I said, I came out on the September 14th, 1990. It went up against in a wide release death warrant. 
the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Postcards from the Edge, which is the Carrie Fisher. Um, didn't she write that? Isn't that based on her life? Oh, I don't know. I believe so. Uh, Hardware and an unlimited release, Repossessed, White Hunter, Black Heart. The week after, the 19th, which is a Wednesday, is the reason why probably this movie didn't do as much business as it would, because in a wide release, you had a little movie called Goodfellas. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And Goodfellas obviously has very similar traits to State of Grace, just in terms of, you know, being about the mob and whatnot. Yep. So, and obviously Goodfellas is fantastic. So it just, it blew it out of the water. I think didn't have a shot. And that's probably kind of a sneak peek on why we think it's forgotten. One of the reasons, but there you go. So then the 21st, the week after that Friday, you had a wide release of Funny About Love and Narrow Margin. That's with Gene Hackman. And then a limited release, Miller's Crossing, which we are doing in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which I love that movie. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully I, I continue to love it when we watch it in a couple <laughs> weeks. Uh, the 7th of September, which is the week before you had just one movie. It was a limited release of Slumber Party Massacre 3. Ooh. So yeah, so more slumber parties, more killing. <laughs> <laughs> this one was directed, so One State of Grace was directed by Phil Joano, who's done 3 O'Clock High. That was a film we did. Uh, Gridiron Gang and Heaven's Prisoners. It was written by Dennis McIntyre, who really is just a playwright. He not I should say just a playwright. He is a playwright who this is probably the only film he he wrote. Okay. Um, so, but he's primarily for the stage. Uh, cinematographer was Jordan Cronenworth. Cronenworth, excuse me. He was nominated for an Oscar for Peggy Sue Got Married. He's also done Blade Runner and Altered States. Composer was Ennio Morricone. I hope people know who Ennio Morricone is. He's very, very, very famous composer. He won an Oscar for The Hateful Eight. He also was nominated for Milena, Bugsy, The Untouchables, The Mission, and Days of Heaven. Those were all Oscar nods. And if you've seen The Untouchables, you know how awesome the music is in Untouchables. I cannot believe yep. it did not win. I just didn't even go look back and see what won that oh, year. But yeah, but you actually hear notes, I think, of Untouchables in this score at times. Um, or maybe I just hear the same, like maybe similar beats. I'm like, oh, that seems like Untouchables. <laughs> This one was edited by Claire Simpson, uh, nominated for an Oscar for a platoon. Excuse me, won an Oscar for a platoon, nominated for an Oscar for The Constant Gardener, and also most recently did The Last Duel. And then produced by Ned Dowd, Randy Ostro, and Ron Rolfos. Dowd has done The 13th Warrior, Shanghai Noon. Uh, Ostro has done um, Basquiat and The Mudge Boy. And then uh, Ron Rolfos has done Canadian Bacon and Belly. Do you remember Belly? No. Yeah, it's a... Weird movie. Uh, <laughs> this movie, as Butler said, has Sean Penn. He plays Terry. Uh, he has won two Oscars, one for Milk and the other for Mystic River. He's also been nominated for three other Oscars. I Am Sam, Old Sweet and Lowdown, and Dead Man Walking. Ed Harris plays Frankie. He uh, was nominated for four Oscars. I think we've already played this game before. Uh, he's Apollo 13, The Truman Show, uh, Pollock, and Ours. Hey, we played this game like a couple weeks ago. We did. We did. Gary Oldman as Jackie. Uh, he's the brother of Frankie and best friend to Terry. Um, he was he won an Oscar for Darkest Hour. He was nominated for Mank and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, a movie that we have covered. Mm-hmm. Robin Wright plays Kathleen, Terry's love interest, and Jackie and Frankie's sister. She's in Forrest Gump, The Princess Bride, Unbreakable, and the TV show House of Cards. John Turturro as Nick. This might be our first John Turturro film. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, uh, he's in Quiz Show, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, The Big Lebowski, and he is uh, Monk's Mr. Monk's brother in uh, the TV show. Oh, Monk. I forgot about that. Yeah, well, it was on the other day, so I was watching it. <laughs> John C. Riley as Stevie. He has nominated for an Oscar for Chicago. He also is in Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and the TV show Winning Time. This is one about the Lakers on HBO Max. 
Uh, Joe Fitterelli as Borelli. He's from Analyze This and Analyze That and Bullets <laughs> Over Broadway. Burgess Meredith as Finn, a little small role for Burgess Meredith. He's uh, nominated for two Oscars, one for Rocky and The Day of the Locust. He's also in Burnt Offering, which is a movie that we did, and Grumpy Old Men. And finally, R.D. Call as Nicholson, who is kind of Frankie's strongman, like a uh, not strongman, a right-hand man who does his dirty work. Yeah. And Waterworld Colors and Last Man Standing. Awesome. So, Butler has never seen this film, and I got the indication that he hated it. So we're going to get right into it, Butler. <laughs> what didn't you like about this film? Go, well, what, give me your first impressions. I shouldn't have you go right into it like that. Yeah, I was not a fan of this movie. Okay. I thought everything about it was kind of, A, you don't care about the characters. And I get that they're all bad, but Goodfellas is great. Godfather is great. Sopranos is great. You can have movies with you're filled with antagonists and have it be a good movie. And I just did not give a crap about any character. Uh, I also thought the storyline itself was incredibly, incredibly just overdone to the point of just like, even in 1990, it's like, how many times? Because uh, you know where I'm going with this. You know what my first question is going to be. But I really don't think. It's well, like I'm, not it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you if this is the first time they did this type of storyline, but right. I'm going to ask you, can you give me something that happened, came before it? That's all. Not off the top. Okay. Of my that's head. fine. Yeah. And I know I put you on the spot there, so that's not fair, but yes. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. So I mean, you have the storyline. I I don't believe for a second that Terry and Jackie are really great friends. They just constantly bicker and fight. Like, okay, maybe they used to be friends, but it's like they have these moments where all of a sudden they become real good pals and they fight again, or they're just sad again, or right. it just didn't make. I didn't get the connection that they were ever like, oh, Jackie, no, I got to protect Jackie. Why do you got to protect Jackie? Jackie's insane. Jackie should have no friends. Jackie is a loose cannon. I will say one of the one shining part point in this movie is Gary Oldman as Jackie. I mean, he's super unhinged. He plays him really well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just didn't I just didn't believe it. And overall, I just really don't like Sean Penn. So and having him as, as a person already. Yeah, as a person, he's a scumbag from what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> and then as an actor, I'm not a huge Sean Penn guy. OK, uh, I think he's gotten better as he's gotten older. But younger Sean Penn is just kind of like, eh, he's all right. Well, I think he does a lot of roles like this back in the early 90s. So it's just kind of like, all right, he's the generic, you know, your protagonist who's OK. <laughs> Jackie really just any scene that he's in with Jackie is just stealing the show. And the love interest, the love things. You're, say, you're saying Jackie's stealing the show. Jackie's Sorry, stealing yeah, the yeah, show. Okay, any yeah, yep, any yep. scene he's in. Uh, and then Kathleen and Terry's relationship is just I don't really buy that either. OK. They don't really seem to like one another. But okay. again, they're childhood friends who grew up. But I just. I never really bought into that. Okay. Interesting. Where do I go? Where do I go? I, I actually do like this film. I understand your, your notes on it. I mean, I can't, uh, not that I really want to defend the film because I, I don't, but I understand your notes, but I, I still like this film. I, I, I like this film for a lot of reasons. I think I like this film for the, the atmosphere of it as, as probably a, a big Jackie's uh, Gary Oldman's performance is really well. It's really good. Um, I actually like Ed Harris's performance as Frankie, and I'll get into it a little bit, why I like it. Um, but back to what I was saying before, the, the look of the film, the atmosphere of the film, the dirt, it's dirty. I love the ending of the film. I love that shootout. Um, the music I like quite a bit just because I told, like I told you, oh, there's hints of untouchables. I could right. definitely hear that music there. Um, the reason, one of the, so let me go to the acting since you kind of, that was your big thing. Um, I, I do not have a problem with Sean Penn as an actor. Um, I, I honestly can't sit here and tell you 
I don't really keep track of. Like I know that, you know, he had some issues in terms of domestic violence with, with Madonna, I think, or something like that, but I don't oh, really, yeah. I don't really keep up with that. So I'm not, this isn't an indication of my feelings towards him as a person, but in terms of his acting, I actually don't, I actually like Trump and he's a, he's a definitely um, as an actor, he's definitely an acquired taste. I think, I don't think he fits into a mold of a type of actor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like I said, as he's gotten older, there's some stuff he's really good. Like Mystic River, he's awesome in. Um, but yeah, I think his younger years, he just plays a lot of this stuff. That's all I was saying. No, I understand that. And, and, and I think that with Gary Oldman's performance, Gary Oldman's performance as Jackie, he's good, but he's, he's a secondary character. He's not, he, he, we always talk about in these, sometimes these secondary roles, um, are able to choose scenery because they're able to go off and do whatever they need to do. The protagonist has right. to move the story along. Right. Exactly. I'm not saying Sean Penn's like the straight man in this, but he does have to, like you say, move the story along. So Gary Oldman is allowed to be the way he is. It's like very much like Jeremy Renner in the town. Right. But but see, what? But it, it, there's a lot of times where Oldman is completely out of control. And not that I was like... A, not that I was just kind of like, oh my, I wasn't enthralled by it. Like I know that DiCaprio really loved, Leonardo DiCaprio really loves his performance in this. Right. He talked about how it was, um, inspired, helped it's, yeah, it was a set of inspiration and influenced an entire generation of actors. Apparently that's mm -hmm. uh, the first time I've ever heard that, but that's fine. But I, I wasn't, I was just like, okay, because there's moments where he's just out of control. He goes a little too far at times. And yeah. I, yeah. And I'm like, I, this isn't, this doesn't seem like a normal person. Like I need to have some kind of basis in reality for his performance. He just seems like he's a little wild, whatever, regardless, that's fine. But Ed Harris's real character, uh, Frankie, it's like, I don't know if this is on purpose in, in the movie, Frankie's character, or if this is something that just kind of, it is what it is because it's the way the, the, the story went along. But Frankie's not a good boss. He's a weak boss. Oh, absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? He's somebody who he's not loyal. He's flawed. He kills Stevie just to appease an outsider because he wants to make this deal with the, with the Italian yeah, boss. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't take into, he, he kills Stevie and he doesn't take into account that Stevie and Jackie are close. That Jackie, who he should already know is unhinged. Is going to fly off the hand. Right. So, and I don't know if that's on purpose or not. I want, let's, for the benefit of the doubt, it is on purpose. I actually like the fact that we have a character that is not a good, he's not, not that he's not, he's a bad guy. He's just not, a, he's not a good judge of, you know, the room. You know what I mean? He can't, oh, yeah. he's not a good boss. Well, even as soon as, even before when um, Stevie's fighting with, uh, oh, who the hell is he fighting? Oh, the guy that, the other, the, the two Italian guys that are looking to shake yeah, him down for AK. His name. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. They're like, they're just too throwaway. Oh, but like yeah. when they're fighting in the bar too. And then he. Frank's like, get out, get out, get out. Oh, when they're beating up the old guy because they yeah. want him to buy the Bushmills. Yeah. So then they go to the, when they're in the alley and Frankie's talking about, you can't do this. We got, we got a deal going down. And everyone's just talking back to him. Yeah. And he's just like, I've never seen in a mom movie somebody get like talked down to like that by their own crew. Well, yeah. Like, and so you're right. Yeah. He is a, he is a bad boss. And then you see his right hand man, which is Nicholson played by RD Call. And you see him and I think that. May, and maybe this goes to what we were talking about in terms of like the, we've have seen other movies and other shows before. Mm -hmm. When you have shows and, and and movies that that kind of deal with the subject matter, the boss isn't just 
he doesn't know what he's doing. He's screwing up the, the he's screwing up the, the gang. Right. There's always his secondhand man is always the one that turns on him almost. Is always the one, the one that takes his place. Like they yeah. won't they won't make a move on the boss unless they can get, you know, his muscle behind them. Oh, right. And you never get that sense. And it's like if if Nicholson, this character Nicholson, is is kind of like the smart one or knows what he's doing, how does he not notice that Frankie is basically selling out his crew to make some money to retire, I guess, to Jersey with his wife? Like you, And that's the other thing. You meet his wife real quickly. Right. But you don't get her. You don't get enough of her. You don't really get enough of like why he's doing what he does, Frankie. And no. you, you like to think, you may, I'm guessing maybe it's because his wife's telling him I want you out or- you know, why he's making this deal, what this deal is going to do. You he's get sick of living in the house kitchen. Maybe yeah, who knows? Yeah, but that's the thing. So I, I'm getting, like I said, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that Frankie is purposely written this way. And I like that if he's not written this way, then that's a different conversation. I think he is. Cause he's even kind of weak in the dinner with Borelli. You know, he's like, I got to make a call. Oh, cool, I have, I have You're going to have dessert. And he's like, yeah, eat he's that very small. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen Ed Harris kind of get talked down to in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And let's go to that scene when, He's he's having the luncheon with Pirelli. Mm -hmm. And one of my notes is Pirelli is telling him basically. So what ends up happening in the story, and if people have seen this, they already know, is that uh, Frankie kills Stevie and blames it on the Italians. Or he says, I don't know what happened. It could have been them. Jackie yeah, assumes- Yeah, he basically it, doesn't say who it is. But Jackie assumes that it's the two guys that Stevie had the beef with yes. for, for the AK. Um, and then so Jackie just kills them in a, in a restaurant because they try to make peace with him. He's like, fuck it. And he shoots him and he kills yep. him. And then so he- so. Frankie has a meeting with Pirelli to discuss this. And Pirelli's telling him, you know, you need to, you know, take care, take care of Jackie. Yeah, kill your own brother. Right. Or, or my guys are it chomping. That's the thing, too. It's like, I don't, does Pirelli understand that that's a big ask, you know, or does he not respect Frankie enough to be like, kill your own brother? I don't care. I think he respects him enough to say, you kill your brother your way or we're going to do it probably, you know, he killed three right. of our guys. He's going to get tortured to death. Right. I think that's what he means by our guys chomping at the bit to do it themselves. Yeah. He's going to die poorly or you can make it quick and clean. Mm -hmm. You can Fredo him or we can, <laughs> we can wood chipper him basically. But then like they leave the dinner and cause Frankie has this whole thing. Like if you don't hear from me by two, I'll come in and yeah, shoot everybody. Final call, you come in and kill them all. And then he leaves and they're about ready to come down and, and blow, shoot them all up. He, he comes out and he hugs Pirelli. He says, oh, it's okay. And they were, but they see them coming. Oh yeah, Borelli's even like you yeah. gonna start a war? Yeah, at that point it's like at that point it's like is this relationship even beneficial for Pirelli to take on with with well, Frankie and the family? We don't see it later on, and obviously you know spoilers with the rest of the movie. Terry kind of takes out most of Frankie's crew and himself, but it's like I don't see even if Terry didn't come back and blow him all away. I don't see Borelli and Frankie having a great you know. I, I can see Borelli as soon as he gets a chance. Wipe them out. Why, I under, why do I deal with these? Well, people? I understand why Frankie wants to make this deal with the Italian mob because right. money in it. Why does the Italian mob want to make this deal with him? They I can't don't understand if, the entire If they time. can just completely destroy this this gang, why not just do says, it? Yeah. You know, in a war, you'd never win. We'd wipe you out, no problem. It's like then then do it. Yeah, then just <laughs> then do it. Yeah, yeah, just do it. Just go ahead and do it. And to kind of go to the ending, um, did you did you like the way the did you like the ending of the movie in terms of just the action? set piece itself uh it was okay right i do like the last shot with ed harris gets shot right that was okay. when he's walking down the bar as the stuff blowing up or just that shot of ed just harris? that when he gets shot and you see the bullet hit his head and the squib at the same time the way it's shot like obviously the the bullet wound's already there but the way they shoot it almost looks like it's a squib in the front and then the squib in the back happens and i was like oh man that's that's really cool 
the shootout itself is okay. They don't shy away from bullet wounds actually tearing apart stuff, which is mm-hmm. cool. So I liked the the violence in that way. Well, it is kind of it is bloody. Although they shy away from Stevie getting cut. I you know what's funny? You're talking about the the throat slash. Yeah. I, I kind of think that because going off of I just watched Halloween ends and I do that there. And I just watched, what was the movie I just watched where they're cut throats left and right? Yeah. (laughs) I think that I want to guess that the effects weren't there yet for that, that part. You know what I mean? Like they just didn't have that, like the good prosthetics to cut the neck kind of thing. That's what, that's, that's what makes, that's what I think. But who knows? But the ending of the film, my question to you, does Terry die? Because you don't really see him die. No, I don't think he dies because his wounds aren't like anywhere really fatal. Yeah. He gets shot like in the shoulder and the he gets grazed in the side or something. He gets hit in the he gets hit three times. He gets hit in the leg. The leg gets hit in his shoulder, shoulder and then he get or, or arm and then he gets hit in his his mids his side, side, side of yeah. his stomach. Yeah, as he's walking around trying to shoot Frankie. So, I don't think so. And you never really see him like that in distress. He's just kinda like Fuck. He just sits there and then yeah. it, it ends on him and then that's it. So um, I don't I don't think he dies. Okay, yeah. So uh, plus no one's not hearing that gunshot well, the, uh, the parade's going on yeah well although the parade's not even at their street the parade is somewhere else that's yeah. like that bar when he walks to the bar in the daytime and that might have been the first time i noticed it at the end of the film but when he walks to the bar in the daytime mm-hmm. it's like there's no sign it looks like the most nondescript building like nobody goes there and it's like just like barns i'm like geez all right <laughs> it's a <Okay>. mug bar <laughs> i mean and jackie talks about in the beginning how they can pretty much do whatever they want cops don't care they they've got the cops in the payroll they say that to make no, it I know. So that all the ridiculous stuff like Jackie. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's close to Times Square where he wipes out those guys, the three mob guys. And he just he's walks down, out down on the street down. Oh, right, right, right. And goes into almost gets by taxi, walks into his car and just drives yeah. away. Super calm. The bar has got people in it. It's it wasn't an empty bar. That's definitely that's definitely downtown. Oh, so this is not the Wild West, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to try to tell me you're trying to try to make this like a, a realistic depiction of, of the mob. I don't buy that. I don't buy all the the public violence that happens in the film. Okay. Well, it's it is it is the late eighties, early nineties. It's I mean. still a little like come on. Sure. It's very New Jack City then. It's like not a the real version of the city. Now, did you see that the original cut of the film was three hours? I did. And so, like, they, I was so glad. We and they they cut a bunch of scenes, including a subplot where Frankie and Jackie are killing Irish mob bosses together, so to see how Frankie becomes the power. I would assume. It would. Uh, I read that note, and it would have to be how they came to power. You would think it would have to be flashbacks, right? Um, I don't know. Yes, but I also have a note where I would have liked to have seen uh, Terry. What kind of cop Terry was in Boston? I thought the same thing. You don't see any of that. You don't get an idea of the type of cop Terry is or the type of person Terry is at all. Like I know that he comes down to you meet him the first time. You think he's just back home. They have this whole setup where he shoots these drug dealers, but they're really cops. And it's trying to get the word yeah, out. Yeah. gives him the fake gun, but it's so obvious. Right. But he comes back and it's like uh, you meet him, but I don't have any basis to understand how he is sacrificing who he is or how he is conflicted the way he is. Because I don't no. know what he is, like, what kind of life he had, like with the turnaround in his career and exactly. his life. You know what he was maybe when he was. You know, working, well, not working, but hanging out with Jackie. Right. And then you know what he's like again now. Yeah. So it's basically you were kind of always a a thug. And you don't get anything in terms of his relationship with Kathleen. You know, they're obviously she, uh, he was her first love, not just her first, but her first love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously a connection that they do get back together. But then she talks about how, you know, th- there's this whole thing where like, they get back together and then she just, she completely leaves him and 
She doesn't want anything to do with him. Either because right. he's a cop or because he killed the two guys. I, I think Frankie. it's the whole so life. I matter. think it's yeah. the whole thing. Um, she just wants to get out of life. But then my point is then why do you still live in the city? If you're looking to get away from all this, why did you still live in the city? Oh, well, Frankie's got pretty controlling. Oh, please. I mean, he could, could be, she could leave. If like she got she a job leave, somewhere yeah. else, she could just leave and say like, I've got work. Transfer hotels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Exactly. She's in the hotel concierge business. You can go to another hotel. Yep. So th- that kind of thing. And, and maybe why I'm saying this because they never really go into that. There's really no understanding why Kathleen is still here. No. Just so that she can have those conversations with Frankie and have a, a love interest in the film, which she's not needed. Oh, for Terry? Yeah. Like, I really don't feel like her character is needed. It's just an added thing in the story to make it more dramatic. But I feel like if you take her stuff out, you can have more stuff with Jackie and Terry. Maybe being actual friends. Or Jackie and Frankie actually being brothers. Because Frankie's so conflicted about killing, you know, Jackie at some point. But it's it's like... Brother's a crazy, crazy guy. He's basically a real life version of the Joker. You, you gotta, how are you not taking him out? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then you gotta actually kind of love him. Like even in the Godfather with Fredo, you get stuff between Michael and Fredo where they're brothers. They don't always just argue and Fre- like, well, Fredo's also not as crazy as Jackie, but I just don't buy Frankie's hesitation being a mob boss murderer to not murder Jackie. Well, it's his brother, though. No. I mean, that's that. But again, like you say, we need to see that that brotherly bond. That yeah. connection. We we need to see that family connection all total. I mean. This would probably I think a lot of the stuff that we're. Asking about asking for is probably a longer form uh, medium. This is probably something that would maybe this kind of story would work well in a long form. Six episodes, eight episodes, that kind of thing. I think that's why a lot of the cop shows are. Yeah, because you said, but there's, but there's a lot of layers to these characters. You have a lot of, you have a lot of interesting characters in this movie. You, you know, Frankie, Jackie, Kathleen, Terry. Yeah, those are all four interesting characters that could be leads in their own movie. Like you could rewrite this film four different ways, and each person could be the lead. Even Jackie, even though he's unhinged, you could, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. they have solid. Uh, potential for a, a good character arc. Sure, yeah. We just don't get that a lot of it. We have to kind of fill in some of the blanks. And, you know, I think that maybe the three-hour cut kind of did that a little bit, but not. But I didn't have any note that said, like, oh, we were forced to cut. I couldn't, you know, no one was it was unhappy with the cut it, with the way it was. But, That's why, like, hey, this is three hours. No one right. want to watch this. I just don't understand, and this is not just State of Grace. This is a lot of movies. I don't understand when you write a film, you do the film, and you you come out oh, a three hour cut, and then you're forced to cut. It's like I don't. Uh, are you saying that you couldn't figure you couldn't tell your story in ninety minutes or hundred minutes? And if if your story that you're trying to tell has to be 180 minutes, then you shouldn't it's too long. Yeah, yeah. I, I just then that's then your story is not ju- is not is something else. I, I, like I don't, I don't understand the idea of of you've got a hundred pages or you've got 120 pages. And somehow that balloons to three hours. I'm just, you know what I mean? Just for, for an example, if you have 120 pages, your movie should be around two hours, give or take 10 minutes. Sure. I don't understand why you would deviate from that and add a 30 minute subplot that wasn't in there. Maybe there's just rewriting going on. I don't know, but that's, they added that and there was already, it was already a 180 minute screenplay and they were just like, you're going to cut it. No. All right. We're going to have you cut it when you're done then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. Obviously that balloons the budget. 
<laughs> not like this movie made any money. Did you notice the restaurant that they used that they also used in the Sopranos? It was the Sopranos. It was the first thing I saw. I was like, that's a Sopranos restaurant. And then when I was looking at the notes, I was like, that's it the, was. <laughs> that's the restaurant that they use for the sit downs um, when they go meet New York. Yep. So I was just like, oh, yeah, there it is. And I was like, oh, it's good to see it. Good to see it. Good to see it. <laughs> what else did you like in this film? Because you you already did you touch on all your negatives? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're pretty big negatives. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, well, what? I like seeing Burgess Meredith. I liked his character. I liked his his thing, the shaking down the old man. This is before uh, Grumpy Old Ben, right? Yeah. Because in Grumpy Old Ben, he seems spry. Like, like, you oh, know yeah, what I mean? He's definitely playing him to be a little yeah, more like, yeah. This is before uh, Rocky Four as well. You're right. You're right. So he's definitely playing him a little bit more meek and meager. Um, but I like that. I liked the scene where, you know, Terry's got to go. Obviously, they're going to go. Terry and Jackie basically are going to go shake people down for the money that they owe. Jackie goes to get this crazy guy. And I guess Terry's got this old guy he's got to find. And he opens the door. It's Burgess Meredith. And he's really frail. Eating what tomatoes out of a can. And, you know, so uh, Terry doesn't want to shake him down. And, but Terry... Finn, who's the name of Burgess Meredith? I mean, stew tomatoes. Yeah, stew tomato. That's what it keeps. Going. I mean, stew. And by the way, brother, before anyone, because I know someone's going to come at us. Uh, Rocky Four is eighty-five. This is bef- oh, after so Rocky Four. Rocky Four is eighty-five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So just before anyone comes yelling at us, Rocky Four is eighty-five. Oh, I was. I was. I meant Rocky Five anyway. Okay. But yes. Okay. Um. So I, I liked his character. I liked that he saw stuff, but he didn't really want to testify obviously i think i see things and he's just kind of very vague about it mm-hmm. so you saw frank take you saw frank take out of the alley and he doesn't say anything i like that it didn't turn into another subplot it's like we didn't need that right i was like oh, don't bring him into it i like that he was just a little cameo mm-hmm. so i did like that bit of it yeah like you said i also like the i like the grittiness of it mm-hmm. i like the look of it i liked i don't know if they shot in new york or not for all of it but oh yeah no they did they did that's yeah. all the city you could tell they shot in places in the city that you don't obviously there's some scenes like obviously uh, the sit down Italian restaurant. Some of that's like downtown, yep. but a lot of it's in hell's kitchen or at the piers or yep. at the docks. And it's just this dirty, grimy area of that. You don't see. I like when Stevie um, gets in the fight at the beginning uh, that they got a Terry and Jackie have to break up. Yep. That it's just like in the middle of traffic <laughs> uh, that it's just like, Hey, that we pulled these cars over. It's right by the pier. I, I thought that was really cool. Or when they find Stevie's body and uh, Sean, uh, excuse me, Terry and Jack are walking, and then Terry goes to Kathleen. That's like all one shot. Jackie oh, goes yeah, away, and, walking, and then yep. the, Jackie comes up in the car and drives up. And that actually had that that actually has um, uh, one of the my favorite pieces of dialogue back and forth when when Terry and Jackie's telling Terry, he's like, I have to drive to Queens. I hate driving to Queens. And Terry's like, Do you want me to drive? He's like, Nah. Then I have to you look have to out, out the, the window. window. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. Uh, so I mean that's pretty much what I liked. I mean, most of, like I said, most of the movie was so generic and wrote and just like I'd seen it all before, and I really didn't. The characters were so unlikable. Um, so the look was good. Some of the action was good. Ed Harris getting shot was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, there's also some stupid. Like I hate when Terry gives Frankie his badge. You think you're so smart? You think you're so smart here? Oh, right. What? Well, yeah, I'm I don't know sorry. what the plan is there. I don't know what Terry's it's plan is dumb. there. Um, you know, they're they're trying to hunt Terry down. They're trying to hunt Terry down. And then he just shows up at the bar. Oh, no. First, he shows up at Kathleen's apartment. Right, right. It's like, so you're going to lead him right? Of course, you, you've been into his sister. Of course, he's going to stake out that place. I was like, come on. And then, like he stands in front of the bar. 
across the street putting the guns in his pocket. I'm like, they're not, no one's looking out. Yeah. No one's like, hey, man, hey, I think that's Terry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that I, I, the scene when Jackie, no, I'm sorry, the scene when Kathleen goes to Terry's apartment to tell him off, say that's it, it's over. I actually yeah. thought Robin Wright was really good in that scene when she's yelling at him. Of course I see a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that scene's really good. I like, I, I mean, she's not, she, she has moments. She has scenes in this movie that she's really good. They've, they've got good pieces of dialogue between her and Terry. There's and, a good piece of dialogue. Her, her and Frank. Right. There's a Frankie. good line there when um, they're at the hotel bar and he's saying like, um, why are you being so, or, so or, cold? So cold. And she's like, that's what all guys always say when they're trying to be controlling and they don't get their way. Why are you being so cool? I, I like that. And they one. go back to that, which I like later, is when Terry goes back to go see uh, Kathleen mm-hmm. one last time. And she's like, and she's like, you can just like, he's talking to her and she doesn't care. She's like, I have a date. Yeah. I have to leave. And then she's like, you just lock yourself. Leave just, just make sure you lock the door on your way out. And she leaves and he says, you're, you're so cold. You're so cold. And she doesn't respond. Yeah. But like, so I like that that comes back around. Um, so I, I, don't, I, I hesitate to say, because we always talk about how, you know, uh, female characters aren't written well, and especially in the 90s. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of stuff going on in her scenes in terms of her, the totality of her character. Maybe not so much. It's not her story, but still not so much. Um, but I do think that the scene she has, she's. They're good. They're really good. She speaks strongly, even though her character, for some reason, like you had mentioned, seems to be stuck here in this life for no mm-hmm. reason because you would think she could just go off and move away. But mm-hmm. the, what she says and the way and what she speaks and stands up to all these people in her life, these men in her life, where she has really powerful dialogue. Right. Right. Or strong dialogue. Did you know that the word fuck and its variations are used <laughs> 210 times in this movie, which is approximately 1.6 times every minute. I didn't think they said it that much. Like, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I've heard, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe because I've just heard it a lot. I think you just, Jackie's so unhinged that you just didn't care anymore. He's just like, screaming. Jackie just says fuck like every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. That's all he says. He's just, yeah. And then Stevie as well. When, when Stevie was alive. R.I.P. Stevie. Young. <laughs> young. Young, serious John C. actor, John C. Riley. He's still serious. He just has to do serious roles. Well, I know that he didn't start trying to be like a comedian. He just ended up getting buddy buddied with. Well, he just says he just likes that. That's fine. Likes that fun. But he's you know Magnolia. He's not true. Yeah, he's 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 really good in that. He's not. He's playing a somebody who's having a. Uh, I don't want to say he's having a crisis, but he's depressed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you know, did you see that? Would you have liked this if Bill Pullman played the Frankie character because he was cast. And he was he did it, and but he wasn't working. I saw out. that they had to end up replacing him. Well, they originally wanted Ed Harris, but he couldn't accept the role initially because he was injured from uh, he, the abyss. From, from the abyss. He, was, he was recovering from injuries from the abyss. So then Bill Pullman did it, but I guess it wasn't working out. And we have this discussion about Bill Pullman on the episode we did for The Last Seduction, where right. I don't take him that as that kind of actor, that kind of serious threat actor. Um, you know what I mean? And so when this comes around. I'm like, okay, I get that note, but I think that's why. Uh, uh, yes. But to, let me just, let me just, you know, not correct that original note, but also bring it up. I have watched the first season of the center and Bill that's Pullman's in that, cop, right? He's the cop who's, right. who's troubled. He's a troubled cop and he's in, but he's, he's really that. good in that. Mm-hmm. And he, and so, you know, I'm going to walk back what I said, but, but you know, because I just, you never see it. He's really good in yeah. Torchwood too. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. So no, but anyways, uh, 
maybe Bill Pullman back then didn't work. I don't know, maybe they were trying looking for something else. I just don't picture Ed Harris as a uh, as an Irish gangster. You mean Bill Pullman? As Bill, no, no, no. I, even Ed Harris as well. Oh, I, I love Ed Harris. I just don't know if even if this role was perfect he, for him. He always comes off as very much a military or a more well made, well educated yeah. kind of guy. So I don't believe in him as a street tough, even as the head of the family. I just don't see that. Yet. You think he'd be more scarred? I don't know. I'm not say more scarred, but like an old. You know what's funny is like Sean Penn and Mystic River could would be good now, as yeah. A, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, Ed Harris, I thought was a weird choice, but I guess he's also a mob boss in History of Violence. Yeah, but you know, but the History of Violence. He ha- you ever seen History of Violence? No, it's on the list. I should have put it on. I should. You know what? I should have too, because <laughs> in History of Violence, he's got a huge scar. And he's like, he's like all messed up. His eyes messed up. And he definitely comes off comes as like, yeah, part. he's definitely that character. I know that movie bothers uh, Elise a lot. Why? I want to watch it. Because she said it was just too violent. And she watches all types of movies. She said there was something about that movie. No, that Because she'd always wanted me to see it. That movie's awesome. She said there was something about that movie where the violence actually bothered her. And oh. I was like, oh, now I really want to see That's it. a good movie. It's a good movie. She didn't say it was bad. She just said like, it was the first one that bothered me. So how about this note that I have? This has nothing to do with the film. But like, it's just like, I want to be like Hollywood. <laughs> Phil Juano introduces, this is director, his then girlfriend, oh, yeah. Uma Thurman, to Gary Oldman on the set. And so like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Uma Thurman. Oh, okay, cool. Then shortly after the film premiered, they, Thurman and Oldman were married. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Wasn't it that she was at the, uh, oh no, I thought it was that she was at the premiere. No, the, Oldman, no. Yeah. I, so... They're shooting the movie. They're shooting the movie. Hey, this is my girlfriend. Oh, how you doing? Yep. Fast forward maybe a year later, Thurman and Ulmer are getting married. Then they get divorced <laughs> like 18 months after that, 13 months after that. But I'm just like, man, like, how was that premiere? Like, I know they don't do the red carpet as much back then. Like now it's a big show. Big time, uh, yeah. You know, uh, that people get paid to be on the red carpet and all that n- nonsense. But back then, like, how, hey, well, we're going to premiere the movie. Oh, I'm going to bring my wife. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Gary, you're not going to sit with us at our table um, <laughs> at the dinner. <laughs> Just odd. Did you see the alternate titles for this film? Yeah, I I don't remember what they were. Hell's Kitchen. That's right. And, and Westies. So Westies movie is inspired by a real life event, a real life Hell's Kitchen gang called the Westies. And several incidents in the film are actually are based on testimony given by captured mobsters. <laughs> the hand thing. At the yeah. <laughs> so the dead man, the hand sequence where they put... um. They have hands in the freezer that they, the rooftop they freezer. use them to like f- to when they use guns, they put those fingerprints on the guns and then leave the guns. And then people would think that, you know, dead man did it. But it's like the way Jackie described it is like you shoot the guy, come back, put the hands on the gun, walk back and then drop the gun the way he was describing it. Yeah. But I think what he meant to say is you take the gun, you put the fingerprints, the, the tre- severed hand fingerprints on the gun, use the gun with gloves and then leave the gun there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that scene. And also, I guess the meeting in the restaurant, the Italian, the sit down. It's like, yeah, no, oh, really? Oh, I mean, like, that's a stupid note. Like yeah. a sit down? No, no, Kim, there's sit downs all the time. <laughs> they sat down and discussed business. Yeah. Okay. We're putting that in. <laughs> that's a good idea. This is, this is also one of the most remade movies in Indian film history. I saw it like five times or something. Yeah. I don't know when that note was put down there because I want to say there's probably been others, but you know, what are you going to do? Or are they just saying a guy undercover goes undercover too far? <laughs> probably. Yeah. That, that sounds familiar. It's like, I'm sorry. Not only has that been redone in India, then that has been redone in America <laughs> five billion times. 
So I don't have any um, critic reviews for you. Sorry, I know I usually do. Aww. So, <laughs> um, why don't we skip to why we think it's forgotten? But my, let's just put it on the table because of Goodfellas. It's Goodfellas. Okay, but let's give another reason why we think it's forgotten. Uh, uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's it's generic. It's not. It's not interesting. It doesn't hold my attention. It's definitely not a film that if you're gonna if you're gonna list your five best cop or mob boss or mob movies, I don't think this is gonna be even on your list, even though you chose this movie now. Would it? Top five mob movies? Top five mob or crime movies. Movies or TV yeah, shows or just movies? Just movies. Well, I'm gonna go God, obviously Godfather, Goodfellas. I don't even know. Give me other mob movies. I don't know. Like, like there's so many different mob you movies. You had like a list though. Like I I, I mean, the, I really, Eastern the, Promises the, is really good. Eastern Promises, Departed. Departed. I know everyone hates the rat at the end. Yeah, it's on the nose, but that doesn't destroy the rest of the film. I mean, for God's sake, one shot. I love Air Force One, and I can't stand the shot when the uh, post the girl, the woman that's going to be Postmaster General, is smiling, <laughs> coming down on the parachute. I don't destroy the movie because of that. God, everyone, everyone's such a perfectionist. Um, Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco is a great film. No, no, I wouldn't because, but. Okay, no, I would not, but still, I still like this film. I still think there's a lot of stuff in this film that I enjoy. Oh, sure, but just like if someone's like, hey, give me some films I got to watch. Like we always talk about like one of the reasons we do put a lot of these films on the list is because we think that people that are, you know, younger should watch them. I think this is worthy of a suggestion for somebody like that. I think it's worthy of a suggestion, but I think if people are suggesting this is definitely going to be lower on their list. I'm not disappointed I watched it. I don't think this is a particularly good movie, but I'm not like freaking field made me watch this movie but i don't care if you were like if, if if somebody was to make me uh, or list a bunch of movies i think this is gonna be low on a lot of people's list on movies and sean penn you're gonna list a lot of his newer stuff you're gonna list mr gerber and stuff like that uh i am sam ed harris and maybe they weren't also as big as maybe they are now but it's definitely should, a young gary oldman well that's the thing you this is a chance to see actors that you are told that have great history or great you know cinematic a filmography. Sure. And, you know, but like, and, let, and like, I, I'm trying to think of a Sean Penn film that people would have watched when he was younger. It's probably Colors, but he's Casualties of War. He's good. He's good in this. I mean, it's a good chance to see Robin Wright, a young Robin Wright, a young Sean Penn, a young Gary Oldman actually see them, you know, as they were when they're young actors. Strong. You could see the potential there. Ed Harris, even though he's a little older than him, is still, you know, is a is strong performance. I mean, these people are just, I think there's a lot of good people. Maybe the totality of the film doesn't you know the kind of like the um some doesn't equal parts mentality maybe that's a good way to say this film but i think there's a lot of good stuff going on there here that i'm not i don't think it's a bad film is it is it miss more than it hits probably but i think i, I definitely think it's a film people should watch i mean it's two hours and 14 minutes right yeah it's not it's not yeah incredibly long no but i mean there's there's scenes in here that i really enjoy and i think if you like good, let's put it this way if you really like acting like strong acting or acted scenes and you sure. get a lot of that in here you do get a lot of scenes where there's two actors going at it um from different viewpoints it's not everyone's the same voice that kind of thing sure so but you know why but, do you think it's forgotten though oh i, I good, obviously well we are said good fellows <laughs> i probably because it's not as strong as the other films it's not it's a it's a, a i mean it's a low budget film it looks low budget it looks dirty maybe people just don't you know, maybe it came out the wrong time. When did we say it came out? It came out in uh, September. Yeah. I mean, well, it definitely came out. See, the wrong time. a movie like, come out well, a movie like Goodfellas, 
and even Miller's Crossing, because those are both the same weeks. Those films are so good that it doesn't matter when they come out. True. That's how good they are. I think if, if like you talk about how films, oh, they just films that just hit at the right time. They may not be great, mm-hmm. like, you know, but they just hit at the right time. Right. You know, like Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is a, is a good show, but Ted Lasso came, came out at a time when people needed, needed that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's still a good show. But like, I think that this film is, is probably needed like almost maybe the perfect release date to kind of maybe do better than 1.9 million. I mean, Gary Oldman, Sean Penn, Ed Harris, Robin Wright, these are not named actors as they right. were now. I mean, Robin Penn's coming, uh, excuse me, Robin Wright's coming off of the princess bride. Do you think people really expect the girl in the princess bride to be naked and swearing and, you know, having sex with Sean Penn in this film? No. I mean, no, not at all. So that's not what they're expecting. That expectation. Sean Penn has always had that, reputation as being like, you know, as you talked about somebody who's just kind of like full of himself or serious actor or somebody who is very violent or just, you know, so maybe people are turned off by that. Nobody knows who Gary Oldman is like, so I think that probably hurts it as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably forgotten in that aspect, but I, again, like we, I said, maybe like five minutes ago, I think people should go back and see it because it's got a lot of young, talented people that we all know and love now because they've been in so many things right now. So I think you get to see that potential, the, the, how they were. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. So, so you didn't like it. I, I did like it. And uh, that's why the show, the show's ending. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find us? You can find us at forgotten cinema podcast.com or forgotten entertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for you. We're going to, you're going to be losing us. So go check out the other guys. <laughs> uh, pretty great guys and gals. Guys. Oh, uh, women. <laughs> yes. Do you want to say it again? No, <laughs> I said what I said. Uh, so check out all those other great human beings. <laughs> on Forgotten entertainment. The human fun. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to us right now. Go ahead and like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah. And join us next week as we are going to Mexico to talk about kidnapping uh, with Denzel Washington, our favorite fan of the show. He's not a fan of the show. We're a fan uh, of him. Like, be awesome. I'm the end of the podcast. Find out Denzel's watching. We're talking about Man on Fire. That is next week, directed by Tony Scott, Denzel Washington, Dakota Fanning, and others. Uh, so until then, everyone, have a great week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. <laughs>